0: Oh, bless the name of the Lord thy God, that he is truly worthy of all the praise, the glory, and the honor. I bless God's name on this evening, because he is truly a wonder in my soul. I bless you all on tonight, and I bless all the bishop in his absence and our first lady. I was gonna go in a different direction on tonight. I had something else planned, at least I thought. And then the Lord led me in this direction. And of course, I followed. So I thank him for the opportunity. Father, we just bless you. We just thank you in all things. We honor your holy, righteous name. We thank you for being an awesome God and a mighty good counselor and a wonderful savior. That there is none like you. Holy Spirit, we invoke your presence on tonight. Have thy own way. Move by your spirit and move by your power and move by your might. And we'll be so careful to give your name the glory, the honor, and the praise that you so rightly deserve. In your son's name we pray. Amen. I want to turn your attention to a couple of familiar scriptures found in the Old and the New Testament. So if you will turn in your Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes. Chapter 3, verse 1, and in a New Testament to the book of Galatians, chapter 6, verse 9. The word comes to us from the New King James Bible, Ecclesiastic, chapter 3. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Galatians chapter six, verse nine. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season, or somebody say due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. This evening, I didn't come to teach a lesson But I came to deliver a message from the subject, it's your time, your due season. It's your time, your due season. It's not only a message, but it's a prophetic word. So why don't you turn to the person that's sitting next to you and tell them that it's your time, your due season oh, come on, I think you better say that again because I don't think they heard you or received it. It is your time, your due season. Oh, come on, somebody is about to believe in it. Somebody's faith is being quickened. And I don't really think they heard you, so I want you to look them in the eye and put your hand on point right to them and tell them it is your time, your due season. See, this word is for the folks that have been pushed aside and stepped over, looked over, crossed over, passed over. But I came to let the devil know on tonight that he has to step aside so you can walk through. Because it's your time, your due season. The devil can't stop you and he can't block you. He has to step aside so you can walk through. And according to... Ecclesiastic chapter 3, the author King Solomon, the one God granted wisdom, is said to be one of the wisest men that Israel had ever known. He penned this poem to suggest that in everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a set determined time when everything shall come into fruition. These words, although written in ancient Jerusalem, they still ring true. They offer comfort to those who are mourning loss and brought joy to those experiencing life's miracles. King Solomon further illustrates that the utmost perfection at which our wisdom can arrive in this world consists of first being content with this order which God hath placed all things and not disquieting ourselves about that which is not in our power to alter, because it is in God's timing. My brothers and my sisters, timing is everything. Our entire lives revolve around time. We have a time to get up in the morning, a time for breakfast, a time for lunch, a time for dinner, and for some of us at night, we have a time that when we set the clock so we can get up on time so we won't be late when it's time to go to work. Oh, we are time conscious. We relate time to everything, even in culture. And depending on the couple, when we are invited to a wedding, we'll determine if we should leave early to get there on time, or if we plan to arrive later to make it just about the right time because the party that is gonna be coming for the bridal party may be late and we have to get there just to wait for them to arrive. Let me explain. If it's a Caucasian wedding, we better leave early because it's gonna start on time. If it's in African-American wedding, you already plan to be late. As some would say, they are on CP time, color people's time. That doesn't apply to all Americans, only some. When you come to church, you already have your time demands. Service should start on time. So the preacher can start his or her sermon on time and not take up a lot of time so you can get out on time. Oh, come on, somebody, and say timing is everything. And somebody else say, and don't waste my time. See, our geographical location has taught us to change our attire when the seasons change. Our life is equivalent to the seasons that we live in. It is constantly changing. And as soon as we get used to the weather, it changes. Ecclesiastic chapter three, verse one, warns us never to expect things to be the same. It's only that way for a season. Although we live in the world with the folks that are conscious of the changing seasons, On this Christian journey, I have come to realize that non-believers and believers do not share the same seasons. Non-believers have four seasons, winter, spring, summer, and fall. And believers have five seasons, winter, spring, summer, fall, and due season due season. Plainly speaking, due season simply means at the appropriate time. King Solomon makes it plain. The duration of seasons is ordained by God, and only he knows the beginning and the end. A season is merely a period of time where God has allowed a situation to take place in our lives but how many sleepless nights have been lost because we have not come to the realization that God is the controller of seasons. We have a difficult time embracing this concept. When we are in a season of trials and tribulations, we want a microwave fix. We would rather be put into the microwave for minutes, two minutes on one side, Turn, take it out, and boom, when the bell rings, two minutes on the other side. But God is into marinating. Marinating. He wants to take his time. Where he puts us into the marinating sauces such as cayenne and jalapeno peppers. The hot spices that, peppers that put us in the hot fiery furnace. And when the oven is turned on broil, we don't have to worry because God keeps his eyes on the clock, his timing, and his hand on the thermostat. He will not let us be undercooked or overcooked. He will make sure that we are just well done. The Lord is well aware how overwhelming things can get on this Christian journey. We also see this in the lives of the Galatians who felt overwhelmed with the responsibility of Christian life. Therefore, the Apostle Paul encouraged them with the words not to grow weary in doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart, not to become discouraged and give up. For we will reap the harvest of blessings at the appropriate time. Don't you dare stop doing good. Don't you dare stop helping the homeless. Don't you dare stop visiting the sick, those who are in prison, feeding the hungry. Don't you dare stop saving in time and money as you put forth to get ahead and leave your past behind. Don't you dare stop sowing your seed into the kingdom You continue to sow Sunday after Sunday and lay your seed on the altar. Rather it's a dollar or a dime, don't get discouraged. Don't think for a moment that it is a useless act or a waste of time and money. It's only a matter of time to reap what you have sown. You can rest assured that your harvest is on the way. Oh, I wish I was surrounded by some... Do season saints that believe that it is their time in their due season. Who know how to function in the season, whether it's sunshine or the storm? Seasoned saints have a foolproof method that always works. They discover praise is a weapon. So they praise God in the good seasons and they praise God in the bad seasons the bishop morton the preacher the pastor and the gospel recording artist explained it best in his cd entitled seasons change featuring the late aretha franklin in the song season change aretha franklin and bishop morton compare the inclement weather we have in the winter to the storms that we face in life. Bishop Morton is no stranger to stormy seasons. He was personally affected when Hurricane Katrina ripped through New Orleans and disseminated Full Gospel Church, the church he pastored. He knows about stormy seasons. He experienced the challenges when he was battling cancer. But Bishop Morton didn't let the devil defeat him, instead, He returned to the recording studio and made a vocal proclamation and shared his personal testimony through the song entitled, I'm Still Standing. He was still trusting. He was still holding on to what he believes. He was still standing on the promises of Christ the Savior. Bishop Morton teaches us a valuable lesson. When we go through tumultuous seasons that were designed to destroy us. Season of disappointment, desolation, and despair for three, four, or even five agonizing years. How we deal with it is gonna determine our placement in the next season. Challenging seasons are a part of life. Nonetheless, we can't give up. We have to keep on living. And when we have made it through, we have to do like Bishop Morton and the members of Full Gospel Church and make a vocal proclamation. We have to let the devil know that we are still standing, that we are still holding on to our faith. Oh, come on, somebody, and say, I'm still standing. And someone else respond, I'm still holding on to my faith. Make no mistake about it. At the appropriate time, God will make everything fit into the seasons of your life. God will not put you into a season that he hasn't already prepared you for. This season has to line up with the future plans that God has already established for your life. And while I was pondering these two scriptures and how they speak to my existence, There were three things that resonated in my spirit about your time and your due season that I want to leave with you on tonight. The first thing that you need to know is your due season is based on God's divine calendar. God's divine calendar. It's not based on the 365-day calendar that we live by that consists of your birthdays, national holidays, or your wedding anniversary, God's divine calendar is based on a fitting point in time that God has determined that something in your life should happen. That something in your life should happen. But there is this misconception that your time in your due season have rolled around when everything is going well in your life. When the kids are doing well. When the card note is paid on time. When the mortgage or rent is paid up. When your friends and your homies are down with you. And when you have good relationships when things are going well on your job and when you're walking around with a few dead presidents in your pocket. That's when you believe that is your time and your due season. But if that's what you want to believe, then this word is not for you. And to prevent boredom from setting in, then I would suggest that you use this time maybe to Twiggle your toes, or count the number of pews, or loosen your tie, or better yet, take a nap. But for the rest of us that has been attacked on every side where the enemy has attacked your health, attack your finances, attack your job, attack your marriage. When your problems have problems and your issues have issues, that it is when your time and your due season. That is a sure enough indication that it is your time and your due season. Oh, come on somebody and say, it is my time in my due season. But what happens to most of us when God has revealed in the spirit realm something to let you and I know that it's our time in our due season. The problem lies between what was revealed in the spirit has not manifested in the natural. Although you have been diagnosed with an illness Your spirit knows that you're healed. Although your body still craves an awful addiction, your spirit knows that you delivered. But you're waiting for your physical body to catch up to what your spirit already knows. Let me say it this way. Although I am working in the same position on my job, my spirit knows that I have the promotion that the promotion is mine. But I'm waiting for the manifestation. Maybe the folks who are aspiring to be millionaires can understand it better. That my spirit knows that I'm a millionaire, but I'm just waiting for my finances to catch up to what my spirit already knows. So it is at these times that you find yourself caught between your departure and your arrival, caught between your exit and your entrance. But we need to understand that our times and seasons are in God's hands. David says it like this, Lord, you are my God. My time is in your hands. What we entrust in God's hands, God makes proper in his time. Acts chapter one verse seven says that it is not for you and I to know times and seasons that the Father have fixed in his authority. So not only is your time and your due season based on God's divine calendar, the second thing that you need to know is that your time and your due season is based on God's divine plan. God's divine plan. The word of God declares in Jeremiah 29, verses, verse 11, For I know the plans that I have for you. They are plans for good and not of evil, to give you a hope and to give you a future. Every season... Of our lives is preordained by God and it's not contingent on our present circumstances. God's divine plan can be delayed but it cannot be derailed. God's divine plan can be averted but it cannot be arrested. God's divine plan can be delayed But it cannot be denied. God's divine plan just can't be stopped. But the problem that we have and struggle with, we cannot always comprehend the timing of God because we have not fully understood that God's timing is synchronized. It's synchronized to accomplish the flow of his purpose and plan. He is the controller of everything that takes place in our lives. He is like the air traffic control service that is placed to, in place to prevent collisions between aircrafts and to monitor the flow of traffic. Let me elaborate. When my husband and I was flying to Punta Cana, beautiful island in the Dominican public to celebrate our wedding anniversary. The captain had announced through the PA system that we are ahead of schedule and was going to arrive earlier than our scheduled time. Then shortly thereafter he announced that we will not be landing earlier than our scheduled time because he received instructions from the air traffic control that we should assume a holding position in midair, because air strips were unavailable for him to land the plane if we arrived earlier than our scheduled time. Now, this can be a nerve-wracking experience. You know, not everyone on the plane is a frequent fire. Not everyone understands the law of gravity. It's understandable when there is a traffic jam and when you're on a highway because you are on the ground. But it's different when you are waiting in mid air on a plane and instructed to assume a holding position until further instructions from the tower. It's a position that could shake and shatter your faith. I don't know what was more nerve wracking being held up in midair or not knowing what was taking place on the ground. But the truth of the matter is, we have the same problem when God puts us in a holding position. When God holds us up in midair, we become precarious. Our faith begins to waver. Because we want to be let down on the ground. And every time you get anxious and you want God to move you and you want to move over here and you're ready to go over here. And God says from his throne, assume a holding position God sometimes has to hold you up in midair while he put the right people in place, while he puts you in position, while he's working behind the scenes. So when you are ready to land, you will not be too early, you will not be too late, but you will land right at the appointed time. Oh, come on, somebody say, it's your time. It's your due season. But not only is your time and your due season based on God's divine calendar and God's divine plan, it's also based on God's divine intervention. God's divine intervention. No matter how precise you may have planned, you dotted every I, you crossed every T, Even the most detailed plans of men are flawed. You're going to need God's divine intervention. The enemy already peeped into your future, and he knows when it's your time and your due season. So expect some unexpected uh, twists and turns. Uh, Expect some unplanned detours, headaches, and hassles. The devil is not going to cooperate and sit down and drink a glass of haterade and watch you walk into your due season. Delays and distractions will be in your path to try to detain you, but you have to be resilient. You have to stay focused and expect the unexpected and wait for divine opportunities. But understand, wherever there is opportunity, opposition is not far behind. But take comfort in knowing that God has a way of intercepting the natural calamities that will arise in order to fulfill the plan that he has established for your life. If God created the opportunity, he can certainly stop the opposition. God has a way of orchestrating his divine intervention. It's never too early, and it won't be too late. It will come at the appointed time. Oh, I heard somebody say, he may not come when you call him, but he's always right on time. But I call on Brother Mordecai in the book of Esther, who knows a little something, something about divine intervention. So Mordecai was Queen Esther's cousin who raised Queen Esther as his own daughter. He worked at the palace gate as a lower level official, a guard. And well, one day when Mordecai was on duty, he overheard two of the king's private guards plotting to assassinate the king. Mordecai passed along the information to Queen Esther and Queen Esther told the king and Mordecai was given the credit. And after the information was checked out and proven to be true, the two guards were killed and it was duly recorded in the history book of King Xerxes. However, Mordecai never received recognition For saving the king's life. It was just written down in the history book, and business went along as usual. But Mordecai continued his work as a lower-level official. However, the king had a high-ranking official by the name of Haman, who was the most powerful official in the empire, next to the king himself. Oh, he was large and second in charge. The king had ordered all the lower level officials to bow down before Haman, but Mordecai, a dedicated Jew, refused to bow down. Just because of Mordecai's action, Haman wanted to destroy all Jews. You know, when someone has hate in their heart, taking you out is just not good enough they will seek to take out the entire race. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. knew what I'm talking about. If you would allow me just to put on my spiritual imagination, I like to believe that Haman reasoned with the king. You know, king, It will be all right if this Jew disobeys me, but he's disobeying your law. If it pleases you, Your Majesty, issue a decree that all Jews be destroyed. The king agreed, and the date was set, and the letter was signed and sealed with the king's ring. It was declared that every Jew, men, women, and children would be killed. Oh, Haman was a happy man. But every time he saw Mordecai and he didn't bow down to him, he grew furious. So one night Haman set up a gallow to have Mordecai hanged. And then he headed over to see the king, to ask permission to immediately kill Mordecai instead of waiting for the date that was set for his death. But it so happened that the very same night Haman was on his way to ask the king for the death of Mordecai, the king had trouble sleeping you know usually when most people can't sleep they have a warm glass of milk or maybe even a nightcap just saying just saying or read a bedtime story you know perhaps the three little pigs but not the king he ordered his attendant to bring the historical records that documented everything that happened in the kingdom. And since I have on my spiritual imagination, I like to believe while he was reading through the pages, he came across the story about Mordecai exposing the plot that his personal bodyguards, his homeboys, his ace boon coons plotted to take him out. He interrupted. Wait, wait, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Put the phone on the hook. What reward was given to this man Mordecai for saving my life? His attendant flipped to the pages. Nothing has been done, Your Majesty. There is no record of any reward. And while at that very moment, there was a knock at the door, it was Haman who arrived at the appointed time. And before he could tell the king the reason for his visit, he posed the question. He said to the king, what should I do? to honor a man who truly pleases me. Haman thought to his arrogant self, the king must be talking about me. Who else could the king possibly want to honor? Haman ran down a list of things to pay homage to someone. He said, honor the person by letting him wear one of your royal robes with one of your royal crowns, and instruct one of the king's most noble prince to dress the man in the king's garment, and and lead him around the city on the king's horse. And the king said, this is excellent. What a bright idea you have. Hurry along. Get my robe. Get my crown and go out to the front gate and place it on Mordecai and saddle up my horse, walk him around the city and announce this is what happens to those who the king wishes to honor. And some may say that this was a coincidence, but I say, It was God's divine intervention. Instead of Mordecai being hanged, he was honored. Instead of him being executed, he was elevated. I came to tell somebody tonight, when you remain faithful unto God and obey his commands, no matter how people treat you, God will make your enemies uh, your footstool, uh, and the trap they set for you, uh, they will fall in it themselves. uh, So go ahead uh, and pray for those uh, that spitefully misuse you. uh, Go ahead and pray for those uh, that talk about you. Uh, Go ahead and pray for those uh, that curse you. Uh, But let me caution you. uh, During your due season, uh, not everyone is going to be happy for you. Uh, Not everyone is going to be excited for you. Uh, There are going to be some seasoned saints fallers. uh, Some seasoned saints Spoilers uh, who will try to do everything uh, to destroy and spoil you your season. Uh, they're going to criticize you. Uh, they're going to talk about you. Uh, they're going to pass judgment on you. Uh, but you look them straight in the eye uh, and you let them know I didn't go looking for my season. Uh, my due season came looking for me. You don't know uh, how many sacrifices uh, I have made. Uh, You don't know uh, how many tears uh, I cried. Uh, You don't know uh, how many folks uh, I encouraged when I needed it for myself. Uh, You don't know uh, what I've been through uh, to get to this point. Uh, You don't know how long uh, I have been waiting for my due season. Uh, So if you're not going to encourage me, If you're not gonna pray for me, uh, if you're not gonna praise with me, then just step aside. Then step aside, step aside, so I can walk through because it's my time, uh, my due season. uh. Oh, come on, somebody. uh, And if you believe uh, that it's your time, uh, your due season. Oh, give God a praise. Oh, give Him a praise. Praise Him right there. Praise Him right there. Praise Him right there. If you truly believe that is your time, your due season, oh, why don't you just go to three people and tell them it's my time, my due season. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Oh, come on and tell them. 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 Yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, God. Thank you for the due season. Thank you for the due season.